Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Bounced at the BTT. That's what we're calling this one after Penn State beats Illinois 79-76. The score not indicative of really how close this one was. Penn State up double digits late. Illinois makes a fake rally, as we like to call it, Andy, and make it a three-point game. But another underdog wins at the Big Ten Tournament. Five straight to open it. Brett Barron's here back in the WCIA 3 studios. Andy Olson is at the United Center. The bowels of the United Center, Andy. Somewhere under the stand, they have uh, concocted this media room where uh, Maryland currently going over their win over uh, Minnesota in the late-night game. Um, no, it's nice. We had to, we had a lot of chicken today as the media meals, in case anyone was wondering. You'd love to see it. Love chicken. I could eat it every meal every single day. Uh, that's for another podcast, or maybe not. This one we are going to digest, so to speak. You like that reference there? It's why we call it professional Illinois on it for five for 1050 at night. You know, we try here. It's been a long day. We got a lot going yeah. on. State hoops, Illinois. We're ready to go. Illinois was uh, not ready to go out of the gate, down 10 in the first half. We have seen the script time and time again. Another rally back. They're only down one at half. And in the second half, shoot 57%, Andy, and yet it is not enough. Penn State has Illinois' number. What did you make of the third loss this season to Penn State, who needed this win more than Illinois? The Nittany Lions all but going dancing now. Probably working themselves in, I would think, after tonight's victory to the NCAA tournament. Haven't made it in a long time. What was the best case scenario for Illinois? Like, move it up to a, a seven seed, I think. Like, if you make it all the way to Sunday, um, you know, Penn State right on the bubble really needed to solidify their spot in the NCAA tournament, per se. Um, but this is not a bad scenario. I don't want to say it's not a bad scenario. Illinois ends up as a 10 seed that might be better than like an 8-9 because of this loss. I don't think they'll do that, but it's just kind of the scenarios we're going through beforehand. You know, Brett, they say it's hard to beat a team three times. That they do. And and uh, it was harder this time. I mean, Illinois was able to battle back in the first half. Usually we see that fight in the second half. Um, and Penn State got up double digits in the middle of that first half there. It just, there was nothing that they can do with Shalen Pickett for some reason, he loves torturing the Illini. What, I, what does he have against Illinois? We need to look into his background, like where, where he grew up and why does he hate Illinois so much <laughs> for, for why he was uh, performing so well uh, against them this season. But they, they did battle back in second half. They got up to that lead and, and had all the momentum when they went up six points. And then the technical foul gets called on Dane Danger, which I it was hard to see during the game, like if it actually was. And then I've seen a few replays since the game has ended, and I think I gotta agree with uh, the call there. That was probably even if it wasn't meant by Dane, certainly seemed like technical foulish contact there with the head to head. And you put that in with the slow start and. The defense really not being able to do anything, which, you know, Brad Underwood has talked about. He's more worried about that than the offense at the moment, which I wouldn't have thought about midway through the season. But here we are in Illinois. All the talk was about playing a complete 40-minute game and still not able to get it done. Yeah, pretty incredible that for all things considered, 
I thought they held Jalen Pickett pretty much in check. I mean, especially the first half. He only had five points in the first, <clears throat> excuse me, what, 25 minutes of this game and, and finishes mm-hmm. with a good stat line by all things considered. You know, the the Illini killer with 12, 8, and 8, an all-around game for him and flirting with that triple-double. Uh, but, you know, he, he only had five points in 25 minutes, and I think they would have felt really good about keeping him at a 12, 8, and 8 clip. But the problem is you let Andrew Funk, one of the best three-point shooters in the Big Ten, to go for 20, making six threes. And it's like, how do, how do you guard them? And I, I get the frustration for Illinois when you have a guy like Pickett who can back you down, and they have so many three-point shooters. But, you know, I, I just I can't wrap my head around, Andy, how you leave a guy like Andrew Funk open. He makes five threes in the second half, and what a difference maker that is. What did you hear from the Illini in the postgame about th- th- that dynamic of trying to guard somebody that can uh, what Coleman called booty ball, like into the paint, <laughs> while also having guys that they can kick out to like Funk? I mean, Funk was open on so many occasions, and he nailed them every single time. It- it's really incredible to me uh, that they were not able to keep a guy on him at all times. Yeah, and that is the uh, it's kind of like the pick your poison uh, aspect of it. With if you want to bring another guy over to help on Jalen with the way that he has hurt you so many times in the past, uh, you leave a guy on the outside open like Funk, and, and again, you know, you, you pick your poison at Penn State. Illinois chose to single cover Jalen. We saw what happened as he put up nearly 40 on the Illini in that one. And then tonight they said, we're going to try and take him away. And they did so successfully, but he's just such a good basketball player being able to then pass out of that post that Illinois was caught lacking in. All that took was a few passes around the key and you find the wide open guy and Funk more times than not was wide enough open to make those shots. And, you know, you think about, the way that things went down, a couple of those shots were really the key difference in this one, and just separating the two teams. And you mentioned the Dane Danger attack before that. Uh, look, I think they have to call that attack. I mean, he clearly headbutted him. I don't know what you could see in the arena, but his eyes were closed. He he went after him, and and whether he thought he was there or not, I think you have to set the precedent. But I agree that was a huge turning point in the game, and you know, Funk got hot after that, and. Then Pickett started to come along and, you know, Lundy plays a part in it as well. And Mm -hmm. I just I just never felt like Illinois was comfortable in that final stretch, which has also been a huge question mark, Andy, for this team, especially in the last month. Who are the closers down the stretch and can they win a game that's tight? You know, we've seen those losses at Iowa, at Indiana. Give them credit. They won against Michigan. They did come back and close it out against Northwestern. But you know, at Purdue when they come back and tie it, can't finish out that one. I just, I have so many questions of just who is going to be that go-to guy on the stretch. And we, once again, can't really find the answer in that. And look, Brad says he's confident after this game heading into the NCAA tournament. How much is that lip service? I don't know. What impression did you get from both the players and from Brad afterward about moving forward and heading into selection Sunday where this 20 and 12 team is going to find itself in the NCAA tournament, but are they really playing all that great? You know, if there's one thing the Illini team has, it's confidence because they have not, uh, I don't think since Matthew Meyer talked with the media about uh, some of his 
I don't want to say it was disappointments with the coaching staff, but maybe some of these disconnects with the coaching staff. That's like the last negative thing that I've heard any of the players or the coaches, since the coaches. Brad said a few negative things to say. Not of reason, but since that point. But just he, every time you talk to the players, they have the utmost confidence in being able to perform. And they're like, we're going to get this next one. We have the talent. It's just we haven't seen that so far. So now you're starting like the boy who cried wolf because they just keep saying it and it, it's never changing so far this season at least in big 10 play since that texas game at madison square garden there's just been so many performances against good teams that illinois has come out flat and has fallen short of expectations um and they're just unreliable at this point like they have been all season and there's no reason to think that that'll change um, whoever they play in the NCAA tournament, I'm sure it's going to be favored in, in there. But, you know, they're going to keep talking their game like they have been all season up at the podium. But yet when it comes to on the court, it, it just seems like the same old team that lacks energy, that comes out of the gate slow, can chase a game really well. But when that's the only time that you're playing well is when you're chasing, that's not going to work out. Uh, it's more often than not. I feel like they're just trying to will themselves and talk themselves into it. And sure. I'm, I'm just, and not, I don't have any problem with that. I, I think that's what you do when you're a team, when you're your competitor, you you feel like you have the confidence and the talent to do it, but it's just not showing up on the court consistently. And they're running out of time. They're now out of guaranteed games. There's only one left at this point. And my, how fast this season has gone as we sit here on mm-hmm. March 9th, awaiting selection Sunday in just a couple of days. And uh, we'll see. I mean, Look, I would not be surprised one bit if they fall to a nine line. And I agree, if they do get to a 10, that probably helps them. But the reality is, if they continue to play like this, which they have, and there's not much reason to believe that they won't play like this, if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Because they've given us more reason to believe that they're going to be up and down like this in a game and a half in a media timeout from one to the other than not. And I think that's who, just who they are. And so I don't know that it really even matters if they're playing a seven ten or eight, nine, um, the Illini fans are going to be living on the edge of their seat, uh, for selection Sunday. You hope you can get a good matchup, but I just, I just think there's almost some apathy to this point, which shows how far this program has come, Andy. Like, I don't want to lose sight of this. This is a four straight NCAA tournament. What would have been for obviously the COVID season, you know, Illinois went from 20, 13 to you know making it then all the way until uh 2020 before they didn't make the tournament you know seven straight years and now it's four straight that hasn't happened Mm -hmm. since uh what the early 2000s like mid 2000s there so i don't want to lose sight of that because i think it is significant but yet at the same time i do feel like fans are a little bit apathetic to the fact of like well it should have been more and that's a good place Mm -hmm. to be in a program Yet, I think it's also fair to question more, and we'll see. I, I have no idea, but I can completely understand why fans would be almost checked out at this point to being like, well, you are what you are. You're not that great. You talked a big game, and you know, I'll watch the NCAA tournament, but I don't have any hopes. No, I mean, this team has underperformed considering the talent that's on it and the expectations coming into this season. I think everyone knew that it might take some time to get all the new pieces to gel just because there were so many new pieces with, you know, four new starters coming in and just like, and 
tons of freshmen coming off the bench. It's like, of course, this was going to take time, but they've never gotten better from that point in the year. If you if you follow me, like this is just they are what they are, and there's no reason to think why now in March things are going to change. This is just the way they are, and you're right. It, there is a little bit of apathy. I feel like just considering the heights of the past two seasons being a one seed and then a four seed um, and, and then not making it out of the first weekend, either of those times, certainly uh, was crushing for, for a fan base. Uh, if you think about it, just going chalk one and four should make it out of the first weekend. Um, so this time around, just because this team isn't as good as those, there is a sense of apathy and, you know, the future is interesting right now. I mean, especially because the transfer portal, we'll see what it's like with the um, transfer portal, like breaks that you can, that are set this year and how that's going to change things. But it, it's one game, uh, truly win or go home time at this point for, for Illinois. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, they only have one more game left in the season, depending on the matchup. Depending on that matchup, I think that's key. There were some positives here. I don't want to, like, throw it all under the bus. After a slow start, I thought Dane Danger bounced back. He goes four for ten in the game, 13 points, his first double-digit performance in, in a while, and he has certainly struck struggled the last couple of weeks. We saw Jaden Epps, not in a big role, did score three points, hit that three late. That was yeah. his only three and only point of the game, only played three minutes. Uh, but I thought that was significant that he did come back a little bit of a surprise after being cleared in the protocol gets on the court, how that's going to play out with only one guaranteed game left. Andy, I have no idea. Uh, and you know, any other positives that you took away from it? I mean, Matthew Meyer only scoring seven points going three for 11 from the field and 0 for five from three doesn't leave you with a lot of confidence. Didn't feel like RJ Melendez had a necessarily strong game, although he did have three assists. A uh, couple rebounds as well. Terrence puts up 19 and Coleman puts up 17. I, I thought if anything, Coleman was the guy that stood out to me more than Terrence, but he also leaves you head scratching so many moments Four fouls, um, you know, just to kind of bonehead plays. There was one in particular where, I mean, he just rifled a pass at um, somebody there in the second half. I'm like, what are you doing, Coleman? Like, I, I don't know. I, I got a couple of texts during the game as well that people are just, uh, he he is what he is, man. He's he's frustrating. He's electrifying. He can do a lot of different things. Uh, but anything else stand out to you, good or bad, uh, as we put this game to bed? Um, I I think that they ran the first play <laughs> different different than uh, than Purdue and Brad Underwood said post game that they still haven't run the first play oh, uh, of the game. Um, it is hard to take positives out of this one. Uh, the way that they were able to fight back and, and they did have stretches where they played really good on defense, especially to end the first half um, to, to work all the way back from 10 down. But what will really prove if Illinois can upset someone in next weekend or the weekend after possibly is going to be their ability to close games. Because truly, if I look, think back this season, I think Michigan in conference play, which really the only close game that was really highly contested at the end that they were able to close out and win. They've just struggled so much this year with being in close games down the stretch and then finding ways to lose them. It happened, happened again today. 
halfway through the second half and Penn State rips off a, a 14 to 3 run. I think it was ended up being a 17 to 4 run when it all was said and done. You're not going to win a lot of games when that happens. So if they can find ways to close, if they finally learn their lesson in all of these uh, losses, I don't know. I, I think that could be too much to expect at this point. But if it's a close game in the NCAA tournament, a lot of hearts are going to be a lot of mouths, I feel like, because we have seen it so many times before with this team this season as viewers. And uh, we'll, I feel like we've said it all season, Brett. We'll see. I have we'll no see. idea. I have time no is, idea with this team. Time is certainly running short on them. And you're right about the one possession games. Michigan uh, ended up being a two possession win there. But when you look back on it, they, they don't have a lot of one possession wins. You have to go all the way back to, man, we are scrolling here uh one possession losses have those and we mentioned those indiana uh at iowa but i'm heading all the way back to get a one possession win to man that's tough uh we're still scrolling andy they don't have one how about that That does not surprise me in the slightest isn't that wild you can that count the be- Michigan one if you want. I mean, if four overtime, four yeah. points and it's overtime, and that's essentially a one possession win. But that's it. I mean, pretty crazy. The Northwestern win ended up being four at home, and you know the the one possession losses against Indiana and against Iowa really hurt in that. They don't have a road or neutral court win since January twenty eighth at Wisconsin. I was there. I mean, it just doesn't leave you with a lot of confidence that no. away from home, this team is is capable of of playing well, and uh, that's that's certainly concerning. With the point that we're at here, just a few days away from Selection Sunday, you can watch that show on WCIA five thirty or thereabouts on Sunday. Illinois will find out its draw for the Big Ten tournament, or for the NCAA tournament, rather. They already bounced from the Big Ten tournament. One and done for the second straight year. The disappointment of going to Indy last year, Chicago this year, and walking out after one game with a loss. Certainly not leaving Alina Nation with a lot of positive vibes heading in to the big dance. For Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening to the WCI 3-in-1 pod. After Illinois gets bounced from the BTT 79-76 Thursday night, in Chicago. We'll talk to you next time here on the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast.